Bram Stoker's Dracula gave us what would come to define for many decades the archetypical vampire. While Bram Stoker was certainly not the originator of the vampire, that credit lying with the folklore of English and Germanic heritage throughout the late 1600s and well before Dracula's publication in 1897, one still has to give credit where it's due. It would be an understatement to say that Dracula influenced and solidified the lore of the vampire, from their ability to evoke dread and sensation in equal measures, to their fear of the sun, holy symbols, and garlic, and yet still having this intimidating, hypnotic, and generally chilling mythology. But before we get confused, this isn't a History of the Vampire episode, as I am vastly underprepared for that monster of a topic, for now at least, but rather, I want to take a look at what some can consider the bridge between classic vampires of gothic horror and its flocking towards science fiction in the modern era. See, much like many creatures of the night from the werewolf to Frankenstein's monster or similar amalgams, and even basic zombies, their terror is really recontextualized by changes in the modern era. And in the modern era, we certainly have a wealth of modern zombie media, yet if we contrast this for example say with Frankenstein's monster, Modern adaptations are a bit limited, and those that come to mind, such as I, Frankenstein, aren't exactly the most noteworthy or groundbreaking. And yet, as with many things, the vampire and the zombie come out on top thanks to decades of foundation and an ironically legendary transitional story from the old to the new. So we should talk about it. I Am Legend is a 1954 novel by Richard Matheson. The novel follows Robert Neville, the sole survivor in Los Angeles, after an infection has spread across the world and killed the majority of the population, with those who do survive displaying the characteristics historically attributed to vampires. Now these include what you'd expect, nocturnal, blood-sucking, and fearful of garlic, mirrors, and crucifixes. Neville, though, is not exactly the conquering hero and survivor that we often see in modern stories. He is a very lonely and jaded and hateful alcoholic. For a fair bit of story, it's made completely clear that Robert keeps himself alive, yes, because he doesn't want to die, but also in large part just to spite the vampires that know of his survival. Now before we go too much further, let me mention a mild spoiler warning for the novel I Am Legend, as well as the 2007 adaptation featuring Will Smith. Now again, there will also be very mild, mild spoilers for 1964's The Last Man on Earth, but not for the Omega Man because, well, I haven't seen that one. Now, for context, because that would definitely be helpful in this situation, the novel I Am Legend by Richard Matheson was adapted into three different films, the aforementioned 1964, The Last Man on Earth, 1971's The Omega Man, and 2007's I Am Legend. And I realize it's probably going to get a little confusing to differentiate the book from the movie, so for simplicity, I think I'm just going to refer to the book as I Am Legend and to the 2007 movie as I Am the Fresh Prince or I Am Will Smith or something like that to keep it easy. Cool? Cool. Now, one of the largest divergences of I Am Legend from classic vampire media is its weight of scientific explanation and technicality to explain the vampire mythology. Everything in the novel revolving around the vampires has some scientific explanation, from the vampires being a result of a bacterial virus, to Neville being immune to the virus for a very specific and particular reason relating to a bite that he received a long time ago, and other little details that are honestly just really cool to see explained. And that's a big part of the novel. Neville eventually begins to move away from his routine of reinforcing his home and hunting down vampires while they sleep in the day, to conducting research on them and furthering his understanding. 
This eventually helps him escape his long bout of depression and kind of find stints of times where he's able to escape this entirely and focus on this work, giving him a drive he hadn't had in a very long time. The novel also explores many themes that we find in end of the world and apocalypse media, with a common recurring idea being Neville finding small sources of hope, such as later in the book when he comes across a dog who is uninfected. Now I won't spoil how this ends, but it's really just fascinating to see the immense joy that the dog brings, and seeing how he attempts to build the dog's trust over time and how much happiness and even just bravado brings into his life. And interestingly, these themes of surviving the apocalypse, of finding hope, and a numerous and insurmountable foe created by science would ironically lend in later years more to the zombie genre rather than vampire mythology. I Am Legend deals with vampires, yes, but shares many themes of the modern zombie, many of which were borrowed by George A. Romero for Night of the Living Dead, which dealt with ironically ghouls and not zombies, and vampires not dealing with, oh goodness, I'm getting a headache. All right, well, we won't worry about that too much. The simple version is horror loves to borrow from itself and its peers, and much like whose line is anyways, the points don't really matter as long as it's entertaining, you know? Now, to touch on the end of the book very briefly, and again, spoiler warning, it revolves around Neville discovering a new society of vampires, including those who have overcome the disease, with this being uncovered when he meets a woman named Ruth, much to his alarm, suspicion, and obviously confusion. This society has regained their humanity, but view Neville as a threat due to his hunting of them in the preceding years. Ruth reveals to him through a note that this society is hunting him down, and despite this warning, he goes out and is eventually captured by them. Now once he's awaiting his execution, Ruth meets with Robert once again, as she explains her sympathies for him despite him having murdered her husband, who was another vampire, and even in an act of kindness, provides him with suicide pills to help escape his pending execution. As Neville looks out from his cell, he realizes their hatred for him is much like the hatred that he held for them for so long, and he begins to realize that he has effectively become a horror story, the boogeyman, the monster in the closet for them. Hunting them as they slept, studying and investigating them as they sought to live their new reclaimed and changed lives, the book closes with the suicide pills taking effect and Robert Neville musing on the idea of him becoming much like the vampires were for mankind, to their new society becoming a legend. The book ends quite poignantly, with its first adaptation, The Last Man on Earth, being a very close recreation, save for the usual trimmings of any adaptation, such as things like the character of Ben Cortman, Neville's prior neighbor who turned into a vampire who taunts him throughout the book, and also his name is changed to Robert Morgan, which I will be honest, I don't know what this change really brings, but whatever the case. And lastly, the biggest change being that we see the possibility of a cure in the film. This last note I think does come into play when we look at 2007's I Am the Fresh Prince. Perhaps the strangest thing about I Am the Fresh Prince is the fact that it has the skeleton of a much stronger film with more themes from the original book present. Now don't get me wrong, I think the film still has great strengths and is a great source of entertainment in a very summer blockbuster kind of way, and Will Smith being heavily undercredited with carrying the film with appropriate levels of isolation, displaying grief, and yet still finding small glimmers of humanity and even comedy throughout. This is something that's missing from Matheson's book, which, if I'm being honest, can be a very glum read throughout with minimal reprieve from the depressed outlook of Robert Neville. 
Where I Am the Fresh Prince, actually scratch that. This movie deserves much more credit. Where I Am Legend 2007 falters is in its exploration of the vampires or dark seekers as they are called in the movie. One of the most interesting scenes that is actually cut from the theatrical version but available in an alternate ending is that we have a conclusion that's much more indicative of the themes of the book where Neville discovers a potential cure from a dark seeker that he is trapped and as a result is being besieged in his home. While he thinks this is just another attack on his life, it ends when Neville realizes that the alpha male, the leader of the dark seekers in this case, simply came to retrieve their mate, the dark seeker that Neville had trapped. Contrary to the theatrical ending, which has Neville die in explosion with several dark seekers while his companion Anna leaves with the cure for the disease, we instead see that Neville has come to terms with these creatures and what he has done to them. Like the book, he realizes that he is as much the boogeyman to them as they are to him. We see the regret that Neville experiences as he tries to atone and give back what was taken and ponder the suffering that he unwittingly brought upon his perceived enemy. For those that are able, if you haven't seen it already, I would highly recommend watching I Am Legend with the alternate ending. As a final note about it, I would also recommend watching the animated comic called Shelter online. These were released alongside the film adaptation and show several stories from the world of I Am Legend. This one, we actually share the perception of an infected girl as she is slowly becoming a dark seeker, and while I won't spoil what happens, I'll simply leave it with saying that it is hauntingly insightful to the other side. Before concluding, I want to leave you with a quote. Full circle, a new terror born in death, a new superstition entering the unassailable fortress of forever. I am legend. This was his truth, the truth of Robert Neville, and perhaps a cold warning by Matheson on the nature of perspective and humanity. And no matter how distorted it becomes, we find there is always some truth to the legend. I Am Legend was a landmark piece of literature that lent as much to the vampire mythology as it did to the zombie genre. Very much a stepping stone, we see it influencing other landmark works such as Night of the Living Dead and the 28 franchise, that being 28 days later and 28 weeks later for those unfamiliar. And if you need description of the influences that these works have had on horror culture, well, their influence was viral to say the least. But that's a topic for another day. For now, I will leave you with that terrible, terrible pun. So thanks for listening as always. This one I wanted to do for a while, got a little bit caught up with Dungeons and Dragons talk as of recently, but it gave me some time to revisit the novel, which is pretty grim, even a second time through, if I'm being honest. Still, I highly recommend it. It isn't too long, and there are a few options for audiobooks if you prefer to have your media that way, so definitely give it a look. And obviously the 2007 movie, highly recommend as already mentioned. Regardless though, I hope you've enjoyed and hope you're doing well in your little slice of the apocalypse right now. And I'll see you around sometime soon.